Welcome to Conversations in Business with RSM, where we talk to business leaders and experts to gain valuable insights that will help you move your business forward. Thank you for joining us on Conversations in Business with RSM. I'm Hedoga Zinyangane, Head of People at RSM South Africa, and I'm joined by Candice eaton Gore. RSM Global Leader for Diversity and Inclusion. Today, we'll be discussing HR policies of hybrid working and consideration of implementation of these policies in our workplaces. We'll also be looking at some of the emerging themes that we are seeing in our professional spaces. So thanks, Candy, for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Pella. It's such an interesting topic. So, Candy, a key topic in our profession at the moment is what are the next steps post-COVID and the continuity of business operations? Whilst most organizations continue to work from home, some organizations and job functions simply cannot continue to function in the virtual environment or have been redundant due to the virtual environment as well as the impact of COVID. So in theory, hybrid working is a form of flexible working in which employees are given flexibility from that traditional nine to five or Monday to Friday physically at the office. So hybrid working gives the employer and the employee the flexibility to decide on some of the parameters of their working conditions whether that will be where the job is done or accomplished, or that they can create their own time schedules that are flexible to their current conditions. So Candy, do you believe we can ever go back to our traditional ways of working? Or is hybrid working really something employers need to consider? To start with, I believe that making sure that there's a good understanding between the employer and the employee as to what hybrid working is in that particular environment is really important to make sure that there is no ambiguity and that the expectations of all parties are very clear. But we can talk about that maybe a little later. First, to answer your question, for most employers, I don't think it's possible to go back to pre-COVID working practices. And the reason for this is really twofold. Firstly, employees are wanting to be accommodated by more flexibility. And so the recruitment strategies are meeting this expectation to scoop up those scarce skills. And, you know, the talent market has drastically changed in the last two years. Globally, we're starting to see an increase in recruitment for specific roles. And many of those roles that are opening up are those that require specialist experience and and those scarce skill sets. Then secondly, The success of the ability to work remotely has opened up those scarce skills roles to a much wider geographic region. And now many multinationals are relooking their strategies for top talent acquisition to specifically search a broader area. So, you know, just in the talent market, the the competition is hot and that is going to be a driving factor in what we see a change going forward. I would agree that the virtual environment as well as flexible workplace has been a global trend. We can see all over the world that professional services are able to function from a virtual environment. There are real issues in South Africa that organizations need to take into consideration in order to ensure business continuity. 
with some obstacles such as load shedding, as well as employees not having the appropriate ergonomics to ensure that they are able to be productive during working hours. In a hybrid work environment, our policies should consider such risks of employees not being able to be productive during their working hours. So Candy, how can organizations ensure that all employees are treated fairly and ensure that we are inclusive of everyone whilst managing employees' expectations? Yeah, look, Pella, the employee has an obligation to perform their duties that they'll be remunerated for. And you're right, in South Africa, there are these unique challenges. And while employers need to shift to be more accommodating of employees, employees also need to be very mindful about how their actions affect the trust relationship between the employer and the employee. And this trust relationship has to be at the very heart of hybrid policies, or frankly, it simply isn't going to lead to a sustainable organization. And then, of course, nobody wins. So there's many areas of this we could discuss, but I'd just like to talk about both sides of this coin. How from an employer's perspective, the people element should come before the policy. So putting people first and the other side for employees, meeting the employer needs has got to be a priority. So if the starting point is mutual respect, it's then far easier to navigate these challenges. And with that in mind, in designing these hybrid models, employers should consider the effects of various scenarios. For example, how it plays out on people with disabilities and health conditions, people who maybe live in cheaper areas further away from business hubs and the associated time or maybe the cost of transport. Also, you know, maybe considering the demands on primary caregivers and even catering specifically to people who unfortunately are COVID long haulers now. And it may be that, you know, within one organization, there are many different models of hybrid working. So, of course, how to be inclusive and particularly to put in place measures to avoid proximity bias should then be an inextricable part of any hybrid work plan, I suppose, to make sure that those who aren't physically present aren't overlooked for development and opportunity. I have to agree with you. It all starts with the trust relationship, especially when navigating our unique um, circumstances. And the trust relationship you referred to earlier has always been through clear communication between parties and has been proven to be one of the most effective and important tools for employers to utilize during uncertain times. So transparency and trust has played an important role in how leaders have basically navigated their organizations through the pandemic. Another important aspect to consider is the resistance to change and adapting to the new policies. Some employees have been working from home for almost two years, and it's almost guaranteed that there will be some who will resist coming back to work. So we need to consider how to handle those who will question the necessities of physically coming to the office. Now, there are other scenarios or circumstances whereby employees could not adapt to working from home and who have been perhaps underperforming whilst working remotely and would need to return to the office performance management purpose. But for myself, an important aspect is to not make coming to work or a hybrid environment 
for the sole purpose of poor performance or performance management because this adds a negative stigma regarding being physically at the office. It should rather focus on knowledge transfer, team engagement, and the continuation of business operations and um, the organizational culture. So Candy, during uncertainty and change, is it important to win the trust and buy-in of employees in order to have a smooth implementation of um, a hybrid work policy? And how important is transparency and communication regarding the implementation of these new HR policies? Well, Pella, as you know, the trends that we're seeing now aren't new, um, but they have evolved much faster than we expected. You know, we've been talking about mobility of employees and the effect of hyper-transparency and hyper-connectivity now for years. But in the last two years, it's really become a daily reality. And we've definitely learned to do things differently. We touched on it earlier, and I think that the heart of each of these considerations that we've chatted about is that trust relationship between the employer and employee. Work environments where you have high levels of mutual trust will be the ones that benefit most at present, of course, um, but also in the future from that higher employee engagement. So as you know, that that hyper-connectivity and hyper-transparency are not only trends in the workplace, but they are now actually trends in society, or, or perhaps they were trends in society first, actually, and then became trends in the workplace. So there's certainly a change in how employers and employees communicate and what kind of information is shared and made freely available. I think probably the most important aspect in considering hybrid work models is that we've been in the cycle almost of adaptation. So one size fits all is probably unlikely to be appropriate throughout an organization, but it's still necessary to ensure that there's still that fairness and the consistency in how flex or hybrid options are applied. And then I think it's really going back to basics. Hybrid models should be rolled out uh, with communication that employees should anticipate that policies will continue to shift and change over time as business need changes in a much more fluid way than we've seen in the past. At the start, you know, I, I said that all parties should be aware of the expectations. Um, one of those expectations should be that everybody, all parties, should expect change. And this is really important so that employees know that changing policies isn't seen as changing the goalposts or unfair, but it's rather seen as, as being a reflection of more dynamic working practices that it will be necessary for success and for sustainability in, into the future. So one of the best practices in setting up HR policies is to operate under reasonable conditions. And most of the time that does play a part in having good faith with your employees. This means employers should show level of flexibility and not be rigid to allow for proactive transformation and change within our microenvironment. And in a now more competitive marketplace for specialized talent, I don't believe organizations can afford to remain um, traditional. Many people say corporate culture has also suffered during the pandemic. And another consideration of a hybrid work environment is how are we going to accommodate new employees and integrate them to our organizations? Candy, in current global trends, do you see hybrid working hindering any induction of new joiners in the organization? 
Hello, this is a really interesting question. And, and certainly we're starting to see some interesting studies coming out. Firstly, on what corporate cultures are. You know, are they the words that you put up on the wall at reception? Or are they really the unwritten ground rules that people play by but don't even necessarily recognize? And either way, you know, it's not what people in the organization do that makes the culture. It's how they do it. So as we incorporate more technology and AI into how we work, focusing on how things are done should be central in setting up collaborative networks so that it's easy for people to share information where it's needed. To take the time to have that lighthearted conversation to get to know each other, whether that be at the onboarding stage or even further down in that employment life cycle, so that it's easier then to, to navigate challenges when they arise. And of course, then to increase that employee engagement, which is so critical for productivity and performance. And I think regardless of working practices, hybrid, in-person, fully remote, with AI and technology becoming such an integral part of our working lives. And of course, how as teams need to diversify in skills and knowledge and background, there's a need to really go back to basics. Um, planning for personal engagement and relationship building, I expect will, will really be a significant part of the HR strategy in future. And in fact, it's a great way to, to bring in diversity and inclusion, to bring in succession and mentoring, and importantly, the broader organizational strategy. You know, it's all got to fit together. So thank you, Candy. As HR professionals continue to navigate hybrid working policies, the heart of the implementation of these policies is truly through the trust relationships that are created with the employer and employee. And that is created also through clear communication regarding expectations from the get-go. Um, it is also clear in our profession that most organizations will have to adapt to our new normal in order to ensure that we are retaining our talent and consideration of organizational operational requirements also need to be taken into consideration. So Candy, thank you for joining me today and sharing your wealth of knowledge in the HR profession. It's an absolute pleasure to chat to you as always. That was Conversations in Business with RSM. Experience the power of being understood. Experience RSM. Visit rsmza.co.za.